Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we're so glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. There is a place for you and for all of us in the household of faith. We're God's family. And we're gonna spend some time together in the Word of God today and continue our study that we began several weeks ago about making decisions when you arrive at the big intersections of life. And I know I'm there right now. I know many of you watching this, you're there right now. Decisions are being made every single day of our lives, but how do you know which way to go? Well, the Word of God has instruction for us. So if you can, if, if you're where you are able to, get your Bible, get something to make notes with, and let the Lord speak to you today. And, and I tell you to get something to make notes with because that changes the posture that you listen to the word with. I know when I sit down with my Bible that I read it differently with a pen in hand. Now, if I don't have a pen or I don't have a highlighter, I just, I, I read it and it just sort of goes in my eyes, maybe in one ear out the other. But if I sit there with a pen or I sit there with a highlighter, a notebook, that's a posture of expectation. I know that sounds like maybe a silly thing, but this is how it affects me. I'll sit there and it's as though this pen in my hand is me saying, Lord, I'm gonna see something. I'm ready to hear something. I'm gonna make a note. I'm gonna write it down. It's gonna stay with me. So I'm just, I'm encouraging you to posture yourself in a way that demonstrates you are expecting something good from God today. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you and we come before your word and we come boldly just the way you instructed us to do. We thank you, Father, that you've made the throne of grace open to us, that we can come and receive help, obtain mercy right now when we need it. We ask you to give us eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, hearts that understand who we are in him, who he is in us. And we ask you, Lord, to fill us today with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We thank you for it and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Several weeks ago on the broadcast, we began a series we're just calling Crossroads, and it's finding out what to do when you stand at these intersections in life. And the Bible's very clear that, number one, you need some wisdom. You and I need the wisdom of God to live this life and live the life that He's called us to live. I prayed this a moment ago, but in Colossians chapter one, I'm praying this all the time right now over our lives, our ministry, and over all our partners that we would be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. That's a good thing. I mean, that, that's a major promise to be filled with the knowledge. That means there's no room for anything else in you. There's no more room for doubt. There's no more room for unbelief. You are totally filled with the knowledge of the will of God. That's where faith begins, where the will of God is known. But then what? What do you do with that? Because more times than not, the will of God is bigger than what you have the strength to do and the ability to meet the need of in your own self. So that's why the scripture goes on and says, be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. That's the how to. It takes the wisdom of God to walk out the will of God. And then he adds to it spiritual understanding. This is what we're going to talk about today. There is a great big difference between understanding something spiritually and understanding something naturally. You can understand something spiritually and meanwhile, your brain, your head's going, wait, what? Huh? Huh? And your spirit's just going, shut up. That's my answer. That's my direction. That's my peace. That's the will of God for my life. And your head might not catch up for days, weeks, months, maybe never, but you get it because you understand it spiritually. 
This is what we're talking about. What do you do at these crossroads? And that comes out of the book of Proverbs chapter eight that says, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand at the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. The New Living Translation says at the crossroads. And in chapter one, we've looked at this a number of times in verse 20. It helps us identify where wisdom is. If the Bible tells you to get wisdom, then the Bible is going to have to also tell you where to go to get wisdom. And in Proverbs 1.20, it says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. The Amplified Bible says that she, she cries out at the heads of the noisy intersections. And again, that's saying the same thing as a crossroad. An intersection is a place in the road where a choice must be made. Do I keep going straight? Do I go left? Do I go right? And depending on how big the intersection is, there may be more than one or two or three choices in front of you. But that's why you've got to learn to tune in the voice of wisdom and tune out every other voice. Now, make no mistake about it. This intersection is noisy. And the bigger the decision, the bigger the intersection, and oftentimes the more noise there is to tune out. But you can come to the place where you're so familiar with the voice of God. That same still small voice that he speaks to you by his Holy Spirit that takes what Jesus says and declares it to you, the wisdom that comes out of the mouth of Jesus, the same wisdom that astounded and astonished people throughout the gospels in the ministry of Jesus when they heard him speak and they said, what wisdom is this? He is still speaking with that same kind of wisdom today. It's coming straight at your heart through the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that voice that leads you and guides you in the small things will lead you and guide you in the big decisions that need to be made if you learn to tune that voice in and all others out. But yet, even though wisdom is standing there crying out, he said at the intersection, wisdom's not standing there silent. Wisdom's not making you beg for it. Wisdom's not waiting on the secret password to say anything to you. Wisdom's crying out, man. Wisdom's raising her voice at you. But yet every day people are pulling up to these intersections and completely missing their turn. Totally missing the direction of the Holy Spirit. And they end up miles down the road going, what did I miss? Where did I miss it? How am I not in the place where I wanted to be? And you got to go back to the place where wisdom was speaking to you. Why are people missing their turns? That's what we've been talking about for weeks now. We started by recognizing that many people miss their turn just because they got bad directions. And unless it happened to me, it's happened to you. You listened to the wrong guy tell you how to get to where you needed to go. And he said, turn left when you were supposed to turn right. Well, a left turn is not going to take you to the same place a right turn is. And people are missing it spiritually the same way. That's why the scripture says that wisdom is calling out to the simple. Simple just means open-minded. You're open to every voice, all the noise at the intersection. And you're listening to that one and taking advice from this one and getting counsel from over here. Just simply by what you're feeding on with entertainment, man, it's preaching to you. It's trying to sell you on their stance, their political platform, their agenda. And the more you open yourself to that, the more you start to see it their way. But as believers, our assignment and our call is not to just be open to anything and everything. 
You open yourself up to the word of God. You open yourself up to any correction that comes from here, a new way of thinking, a new way of believing. And listen, folks, it's a big book. You can be pretty wide open as long as it's between here and here, the beginning and the end of his word. That's what you need to be open to. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You'll get told every time to make the wrong turn. This is why people miss the right turn for their lives. Why else do people miss their turn? The get too distracted. We saw in the life of Martha, got distracted. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing his word and his wisdom, but she got distracted. And that's what's happening to people all the time. They're too easily distracted. But the Bible says he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You will end up in the right place, your wealthy place, the place that God has planned and designed for you, if you can just stay focused, if you will develop powers of focus and stay tuned into his voice, go when he says go, stop when he says stop, turn when he says turn, you will end up in the right place. But don't be distracted or you miss your turn. Last week, we talked about why people miss, are missing their turn. They're just moving too quick, just flying right past it. And I encourage you again today, slow down. Just slow down and let the Lord talk to you. When you start to get in that panic, in that rush, and you're losing your peace, recognize I'm I'm gonna miss it. And we looked at so many scriptures that says, he who makes haste, he'll end up sinning. Haste makes mistakes. You will miss the mark. That's what sin means. It means missing the mark. Or for our study, you could say you'll miss your turn just by being too quick. And I want to wrap this up today. And uh, I think we'll be done with it for now. And of course, this is not every reason. This is not exhaustive. This is just what we had the time to go over. Another big reason people miss their turn because they think they know a better way. This is why people are missing it day after day after day. They think they know a better way. How many times, fellas, Have you and I been driving and the GPS said, go left here, but I think there's a better way. I think if we just go straight and I think if I make a right-hand turn just a few miles up the road, yeah, you know, it might be onto a gravel road that where there's no lights and, and mostly cattle, but I think that will get us there more quickly. People miss their turn all the time because they think they know a better way. Can I tell you what this is just in a word? Pride. It's pride. Now, in the days well before GPS, in the days long before uh, your phone could tell you how to get home or where you needed to go, I, I think mostly men were notorious for just keep going, not stopping. And even though they're lovely, patient, gentle wife was sitting there in the seat next to him going, um, sweetie, I think we were supposed to be there an hour ago. Do you know where you are? Yes, I know. I know right where I am. And another hour goes by. Do we need to stop? No, we don't need to stop. What is that? It's pride. I know a better way. The map says turn. Yeah, well, those maps are wrong all the time. It's just pride. But humility stops. Humility will recognize, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. You know what else humility will do? 
Humility will ask. Humility will ask for directions, gentlemen. Humility will stop and ask for directions. Pride won't stop. Pride won't listen. And pride will not follow instructions. But humility will. Humility will stop, ask, and follow. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, this is where we spent most of our time in this study. It's interesting to me, and you would find this out too when you study it, that so much of Proverbs, it's really repetitive. That there are really a few main themes and ideas that Proverbs is driving home in, in wisdom. And you, you hear this over and over in Proverbs uh, 14, verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man but its end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right to a man. I think it's funny that the scripture says to a man. <laughs> That's the example we're using here. But there's a way that seems right. And it could be men, could be women, but there's a way that you assume is right. I know that this is the right way. I know this is the path I'm supposed to take. Why would a way seem right to somebody? Well, one reason could be that's the way you've seen other people go. Maybe that's the way mom went. Maybe this is the way dad went. High school, applied to this college, four years here, this degree, this job, this wife, this family. Dad did it, that's what I'm gonna do. Mom did it like this, that's what I'm gonna do. And there's a way that seems or would appear right or maybe it makes the most natural sense when you sit down and you crunch the numbers and you develop your own plan. But the Bible's very clear here. There is a way that seems right. I might say it to you like this. There's a way that looks good on paper. But be very watchful that you don't just choose the path that looks right on paper. Unless the paper you're talking about, of course, is the word of God and that you're getting your directions from this. But listen to how repetitive this is. Just two chapters later, in chapter 16, verse 25, it says the exact same thing. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. One of the themes that reoccurs throughout the book of Proverbs over and over is this theme of the path. He talks to you and I over and over about the path. The right path, the wrong path. The bright path, the dark path. What does the scripture say in Proverbs chapter four? That the path of the just is like the shining sun. It gets brighter and brighter. He's talking about the path that we choose. But why do people end up on the right path when they wanna be, or excuse me, on the wrong path when they wanna be on the right one? Well, evidently you missed a turn somewhere. You wouldn't be on the wrong path if you hadn't missed a turn somewhere. And I got to stop right here and tell you where all of this is coming from. And it, it's something that first came up in me a number of weeks ago. Actually, before the end of 2018, I was in the car on a long drive home and it was quiet, listening to the Lord. And I was praying specifically over what the Lord would have me say to our partners about the coming year, 2019 that we're in right now. And I heard these two words in my heart. I wasn't expecting them, and I know they're from the Lord. He said, Jeremy, course correction. Course correction. And that's an interesting word if you stop and think about it. What is a course correction? A course correction is a, co a correction that you make while in progress. 
A course correction is a correction that comes while you're moving. This is not a correction that you make before takeoff. Now, takeoff is a hugely important step in the process. If you are someplace and you need to get to a different place, you are going to have to leave. You are going to have to take off. But just as important and and critical as takeoff is, so are course corrections. Because even if you took off with the motive of being in that place, and if that's the right place, maybe that's the place you want to be, the place you need to be, you're motivated to be in that place. This is the knowledge of the will of God for my life. He wants me there. If you don't make course corrections along the way, I guarantee you will end up somewhere else. And you'll be going, Lord, I wanted to be in the place you want me to be in. I want to be in the place that you've called me to. Why am I here and not there? No course corrections. You ended up on the wrong path, even though you might have started on the right one. That's why I keep talking to you week after week about don't miss your turn. And pride will make this assumption over and over. Yep, this is the right path. This is the right path. This is the one I'm supposed to be on. Yep, this is right. Pride will make that assumption based on the numbers, based on the facts, based on figures, based on what people before you have done, based on a best-selling autobiography of a person who did it this way, who had nothing, and now he's got everything, so do what he did and you can have everything too. There's a way that seems right, but the end is death. What happened? Where'd you miss your turn? Well, If you go, stay here in the book of Proverbs and turn back to chapter three. This is what I began talking to you about at the beginning of this broadcast. Listen to what he says in verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You want to know one of the major keys to finding the right path and staying on the right path? Trust. It's trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now, don't forget what Colossians said. I want you filled with the knowledge of the will of God. I want you operating in all wisdom, but you have to apply it with spiritual understanding. And that only comes out of this place of total abandoned trust in God. Spiritually, you begin to understand things spiritually out of this trust relationship. But the difference, the total and polar opposite difference of trusting in the Lord with all your heart is what? Leaning on your own understanding. That's natural understanding. Now the problem with leaning on your own understanding, just like I were to lean on this counter right now, what's happening? I'm trusting this. I'm putting my weight here. I'm taking my weight off of me and I'm putting it on here, trusting this to hold me up. That's what it is to lean, to trust in the Lord. Lean on him, the, the Amplified says. Rely on him. But that's why he says here, do not lean on your own understanding. Why? Because your own understanding will only take you as far as you've ever been. At the very best, your own understanding can take you as far as somebody else has been. But my friends, trusting in the Lord, that will take you places nobody's been. That will show you things nobody has seen. 
that will put you in not just the right place in the plan of God for your life, that will put you in your wealthy place. We've experienced this in our lives so many times in this ministry, in our marriage, where we stepped out to do something that made, to made no natural sense, that made no sense on paper. I mean, we were working for my grandparents and my parents in their ministry, which was decades established and the paycheck was solid and you could count on it. And here now the Lord starts talking to us about stepping out into our own. That made no sense on paper, but we got it spiritually. We laid in bed next to each other the night before Thanksgiving 2009 and began to dream out loud about having our own ministry, having our own place, having our own people. And it just made sense to our heart, not to our own understanding. And it was just a year or so later, we stepped out in it. And it's been one of the greatest moves we've ever made in our lives. I think about it on a real natural, practical level. There was one day, uh, Sarah and I, we had two cars. One was hers and I was driving an old truck and we had just had Justice, our firstborn. And it was time to upgrade the little car. We really enjoyed this little car, but it just wasn't big enough for a family. And uh, I got in the truck one day on a Thursday and the Lord said, just listen to me. Don't listen to radio or, or anything. Just listen to me. I want to talk to you. It's fine. What's he saying? Tune me in. Tune everything else out. Now I'm driving along. The Lord starts talking to me about the car, the car we need. And he starts talking to me about, here's how I want you to do it. Here's the money I want you to use. It was an idea that had never occurred to me. And uh, that was a Thursday. Friday, we end up at the dealership. We, there's a car we like. We end up at the dealership. And the dealer starts talking to us about leasing the car. You know, you really should think about leasing the car. Here's another voice coming. And it just didn't seem quite right to me, but I felt in my heart, call so-and-so. He was the only friend of mine that I ever knew who had leased one of these cars before. So I called him and I said, hey, what do you think about leasing this car? He said, you know, I don't do that anymore. What I started doing was I get my cars now from this other dealership. And he called it. And uh, it's in another city, a couple hours from where we live. And uh, I got a call from him the next day and said, hey, do you ever go down this direction? And he named the city there in Texas. And it just so happened that Sarah and I that weekend were scheduled to minister in a church just about an hour or less really south of that car dealership. And we had already made plans to drive right past it. Oh, well, this is cool. And he, my friend called me, he said, I called the dealer. He's got this car. It's this year. It was like a year old, hardly any miles on it. It's waiting on you. I didn't have to do anything. We get down there, the guy turns around, wants to give me more money for my car, takes, takes money off that one. And I thought, man, this is really cool. I said, well, let me think about it. Well, in the meantime, I started looking at a dealership down in the city that we were going to and had found another car. So we drive on down there and I'm thinking about this one, we're talking about this one. And we go sit in this other car that was just in this other city and a same kind of car, had some different options on it, some things we liked, like, kind of like the color, like the interior, like the engine, all that kind of thing. And we're sitting in it. And I'm, I'm telling you just as clearly as I'm talking to you right now, I hear the voice of the Lord on the inside. And this is what he said. He said, do you want the one you found or the one I found? And man, that settled it for me right there. I got up, I got out of that car. We made the decision. And it was from a Thursday when the Lord started talking about the car and we had on Monday, the new car sitting in the driveway. And I knew it was the one he wanted. 
And this is what you have to do. You have to learn to trust that you're hearing from him and not leaning on your own understanding. My own understanding would have put me in that other car. But when it comes to these decisions, and that's a practical thing, the car you drive, the house you live in, but these are decisions that need to be made these kind and bigger every single day. Do you want what you found or do you want what he already prepared for you? Trust will put into your hands what God already prepared for you. Your own understanding, yeah, you might find something, but it's not gonna be as good, as great, or as glorious as what God has already prepared for you. Let me leave you with this scripture. Romans chapter eight, verse, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. You can be led by the Spirit. And if you will, you'll never miss a turn. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.